0: Good morning, Irvine, and welcome to a fabulous episode of Sports Matters. I am your host, Kevin Drake, and your other fabulous host sitting across from me, Mr. Matt Bird. Good morning. Great to see you again, my friend. I know.
1: It's good to see you, too.
0: And once again, I'm jet lagged. I, I tell you, I have not felt normal since I've been back. It's so easy to not be jet lagged when you go on a trip, but when you come back, Oh, my goodness, man. You're, I've just been messed up the last few days. But it was worth it. You know, first of all, I have been keeping up with UCI men's basketball, and I know they're rocking with a 5-1 and one record in conference play, so kudos to you. They're on the road at UCSB Thursday, and they get that revenge game against Long Beach, a game that they dropped here at the Bren Center while I was gone.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, the entire leading scorer for Long Beach in that game. Well, I, I was talking about this with Tom. The leading scorer in that game for Long Beach had 15 free throws. How many free throws? Wow! How many free throws did the leading scorer for UCI have in that game?
0: Was there a big disparity?
1: If 15 plus free throws is a disparity, that means that UCI's leading scorer of that game, like zero. How is that? I don't know. That that's what I was wondering. That's it's kind of not fair because like, if the
0: other team is like being aggressive, then they're going to reward them the entire game, and then the other guy is getting fouled because you know saw worku, Evan, Warku, so Evan was, Leonard, they take it to the it, hole. It
1: was Evan Leonard, and it, he. It, I'm looking at it now. The Deshaun Booker was 15 to 16 from free throws. Oh my And goodness. Evan Leonard was zero for zero. Ugh. I mean that that should speak volumes to and in the, the fact that Long Beach State scored 80 points, and that's not a knock on Long Beach State.
0: Long Beach State is a great team. We've established this in the beginning, right? Like, this is conference play. Like I said, r- records don't matter. It's just these teams play each other twice, so
1: it's just UCI giving up eighty points. It's kind, of, it's like that's that's a, that's a that... rare, and
0: I'm sure Coach Russell Turner was not happy about that at all. But you know what? The beautiful thing is, they get another crack at him, and I assure you, Coach Russell Turner is going to have his team ready, and they're going to be the aggressor. You watch, you just got to set the tone. And speaking of tone, get back from the Australian Open. I tell you, Matt you got to put this on your bucket list. Being the Australian Open, the French Open, the U.S. Open. Wimbledon's really astute. You know, it's just very – I haven't been there, but it's just a little different. But these other ones, it's like a world party. But the Australians, oh, my goodness, what an experience. And what's so nice about the Australian Open is, is that all the players are fresh because they pretty much have a six-week hiatus. I mean, they'll play in little, you know, tune-up tournaments. You know, there was a few of them in Australia, like in Perth, you know, kind of like a tune-up, Brisbane for the ladies. And then they all meet up in uh, Melbourne, or as they say, Melbourne, kind of like that southern twang, if you will. So were you there when uh, when Murray retired, Andy Murray? You know, I was at the Auckland Airport, and we watched his match, and he went up against Roberto Bautista Gute, and – Murray got knocked out in the first round, but yes, he announced his retirement right as his tournament started. And then once we got there, um, we pretty much caught everybody we wanted to see. Did get the chance the only person we didn't get a chance to see play live was Djokovic, but we did see him on the practice courts. That's like up close and personal. So you could see he he was just on. He he just so polished and you knew it was his tournament to lose and and the way he sliced through Nadal was just insane because I tell you, Nadal had a phenomenal tournament. This is the first time he was healthy at the Australian Open. You know, last year, he ended up taking an injury timeout after the Australian Open because he, he got injured during the tournament and had to concede. This year, he looked phenomenal. I mean, he was ripping through people like no other. We actually caught a really entertaining match. Like, I wrote down just a handful of matches that I just want to highlight, but it was Rafael Nadal versus, in the second round versus uh, Marty Ebden, the local boy in Australia. And let me tell you, things that you don't see on TV or hear on TV is the Australian fans getting crazy. I mean, have you been to, like, a live tennis match before? No. So kind of how it is is right when they're getting ready to serve, everybody's got to be quiet. Yeah. So after the, the point is played... You know, people start cheering and whatnot. And then it's like this competition throughout the stadium. So we're at Rod Laver Stadium, which is the uh, the main stadium. That's where you see all the big names. That's where they'll play. But in the early rounds, you could catch the big names all over the field. I mean, there's like 25 other courts that they're playing on the doubles. You got women's doubles, men's doubles, mixed doubles you know, the ladies and the men. So it starts with 128 that's each a category. Lot of tennis. It's a lot race. of tennis. It's seven rounds. So like NCAA tournament, six rounds, this is seven rounds. Anyway, so Nadal is slicing through this Marty Ebden, beating him pretty good. And it's finally in the third set. The Australian fans, they really rally behind. It's home field advantage. You know, that's the way it goes. It's home field and they, they get rowdy. They'll just, if you want to find out if there's Aussies in the crowd, all you got to do is yell out, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. And they'll respond, oi, oi, oi. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's hilarious. But they start saying the funniest things. They're not cussing. They're not being vulgar. But they're just being, hey, give him a chance. Like, they're just yelling so many things at Nadal. But one gentleman in particular was pretty hammered. He's like five rows up. He's continued to heckle Nadal. But, you know, they, it's kind of like a competition. Who can get the last word in To you have to be quiet? Because eventually the judge is like, okay, thank you. Time to be quiet. And then, just like you can hear a pin drop, once the point is played, then everybody's just erupting and ch- cheering and chattering and all this fun stuff. And then it's like someone over here says something, someone over here. So you're just constantly laughing while you're enjoying this match. But uh, finally, Nadal actually turned around and said to him, because he was sitting fairly close, How many tequilas have you had? And <laughs> <laughs> turned around and he finished him off. It was pretty epic, you know. It's it's, it's it's things like that, like when you're there and you're experiencing it. But, you know, I do have to give a very warm thank you to my dear friend Tracy Gardner and Adam Ajim for being terrific hosts. You know, they live in a really nice area in St. Kilda, St. Kilda Beach, just south of downtown Melbourne. They actually got a nice view of Melbourne. So thank you to them. They're just such sweethearts showing us around. Kind of give us a lay of the land, if you will. Now that
1: sounds awesome. What's your uh, thing that will stick out to you the most?
0: Uh, between... Learning the heart and soul of Melbourne, you know, with my friends, I didn't. I didn't sleep much. That's the thing. That's why I'm probably so jet lagged. So I'm trying. I'm finally getting caught up on much needed sleep, much needed rest. Because the first week of a of a big tournament like this, you got so much going on. So yes, you got your tickets to the main stadium, but then you could bounce around to all these smaller stadiums. You could check out some doubles matches. You're checking out not like the the top ten players, but you're checking out the top fifty players. So you're bouncing around like, oh, I'm gonna check out this person, like uh, Francis Tiafoe had a great tournament. I mean, he made it to the quarterfinals, the farthest he ever made in a slam tournament. That was really cool to see him. And, of course, Nadal ate him up in the quarterfinals. And then one of, like, a nice—you I mean, could say, yes, upset, but everybody's upset when they lose. But when Paz beat Roger Federer. And, that you know, sounds
1: like a big upset. I've never heard of this CC guy. Yeah,
0: Stefanos Tsitsipas from Greece. He's 20 years old. He's uh, model his game after Federer. Very similar to what goes on in the NBA, where guys will just look up and model themselves after other players. But uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas, it wasn't like he— he beat Federer handily. I mean, he just he just held serve. He never broke Federer's serve. He just won in the uh, extra time, or as they call it, the tiebreaker. So once you get 6-6 six to six, and it's a tiebreaker, I think he won two of the tiebreakers, and I think he finally broke Federer's serve once. He only broke it once, but it, that was the matchbreaker. That was the match point. But It's not like Federer's done. Federer's a wizard no, out there. No,
1: Federer's never done, and it sounds like you had a blast,
0: man. Yeah. Who
1: ended up winning the tournament?
0: Novak Djokovic. He Djokovic, just sliced yeah. through Nadal like uh, like butter.
1: And then uh, Osaka won the Naomi women's.
0: Osaka. But Kvitova? Kvitova really gave her a challenge. And Kvitova frustrated a lot of people during the tournament. But I'll tell you, the surprise, other than Francis TFO making it to the quarterfinals, there was one American in the semifinals not named Serena Williams. And this girl has never won a match in Grand Slam play, and she made it to the semifinals, and that's Miss Danielle Collins. So I got to give a shout out to her. She had a great tournament, and she was just really hitting the ball hard, not giving up, showing a lot of emotion. She had a lot of fire, and that's. Pretty good payday for it too. <laughs> yeah,
1: <that's> amazing <laughs> You make it to
0: the semis, but she ran into Kvitova, and Kvitova is a known champ. She's won a couple majors before, a couple slams before, so that's a t- that's a tough cookie to get past. That nice. is, you know. And Kvitova nearly uh was nearly lost in the second set to Osaka, but Kvitova you know stayed alive and nearly took it in the third set. So she really pushed Osaka. So really got to see who Naomi Osaka is and how she faced adversity. And check this out: she's won Whoa. two Grand Slams in a row now. Well. Well, let's just say that
1: the adversity that she's faced in the past with Serena Williams, how Mm -hmm. she acted after kind of led to her being a little bit more mature this time around, would you say?
0: I would say definitely she's more mature, but she really got tested by Kvitova because v- Kvitova really pushed her hard because she had match points several times in the second set. She could have finished her off in two sets and went to the, you know, the women's they do best of three, men's they do best of five in the grand slams. So she kind of lost her composure a little bit, kind of, oh, uh, you know, just getting frustrated. And, and it's just so crazy because they don't have any coaches to talk to. It's all on them. You know, all you're hearing is the crowd. So if the crowd's not with you, they get in your head. So she was able to regain her composure and be like, okay, it's going to be a long match. And it turned out to be a three-hour match, and she she pulled it out. But she's won two Grand Slams other than the Williams sisters for the first time since Capriati had done it Interesting. You know, early on at that age. And Serena? Let me tell you, man, she's still a force to be reckoned with. She may not have her agility or mobility like she once had. She's 37 years old. But her style of play is she still hits the ball so hard that she's pretty much bullies her way around on the court. She'll just hit it so hard that she shortens the court and forces – the opponent to hit from a further distance, and that's how she gets her points. She's still tough. She still can move. You know, It's just when you're 37, you're not going to move like you are when you're 20 years old. Kevin, it goes without saying that you need to do a tennis podcast.
1: It goes without saying. Oh,
0: indeed, indeed. You know, But after being there, I mean, you here's the thing is I don't play tennis, but I've become a tennis enthusiast, and I'm telling you, you should make it out to Indian Wells because all the big names are going to be there, Djokovic, Nadal, obviously Federer, you know, CC Paz, you know, all these guys are going to be playing. I don't think Murray, sk- he's skipping that. But And all Whoa. the big, all is the women's Murray
1: name. retiring at the end of this he's, year? He's going to
0: retire it's... at Wimbledon. Yeah. So he'll probably play in the French Open. He'll play in Wimbledon. He'll play in all the grass court seasons. Well,
1: did you get a chance to see an Australian rules football game?
0: No, it's not in season. Uh, uh, cricket was in season. The weirdest thing, too, some of the matches, you can only go to so much. So we hit it hard for the first five days. So you're bouncing around, you're checking out, you know, CC Paz here. You you know, we saw that match against Roberto Bautista Gut and CC Paz. And I tell you what, the Greece fans, they were just going crazy. It was like, I thought it was at a World Cup soccer game or something, but it's pretty cool how they rally behind their one guy. And it's just, it's awesome. You know, it's just being there is, is tenfold to watching it on TV. It was just an amazing experience, but like I said, all the big names, Sloane Stevens, Pliskova, Kvitova on the ladies' side, Serena, Carolina Wozniacki, Maria Sharapova are all going to be at Indian Wells. So that tournament starts up uh, March 5th. It goes through the uh, 17th, and the first two days are free. You get to see the qualifiers, so the people are just trying to get in to be the final one twenty eight. They only see 32 people. So it kind of makes it opens up the field a bit. So the it gives like some of the lower seed people a chance to to progress into the tournament, to build up the ranking cuz it was stink every time you get in there and you're like, "Okay, I'm the 128th guy. Geez, I got to play Novak Djokovic." Well, that's it. I'm out in the first round. <laughs> what are you going to do?
1: It is what it is. You're getting a paycheck though, you even playing a Djokovic.
0: Yeah, you know, you want to advance a little bit to build your rankings up. But anyway, it was an awesome experience. Indy Wells is next for me. I will have some good coverage of that. And I probably will create a little YouTube channel just for Tess, <laughs>